peoples of the worldwide federated internet what's good in the beginning So I'm finding myself lately going back to very basic truths. And I'm, I keep wondering to myself, why am I going back to some of these basic truths? Like, what is the deal? And, I, and the reason I think I keep going back to these basic truths is these are the things that are being attacked like vehemently in this, in this day and age. And it made me think about a structure. If you want to tear down the structure, if you can get to the foundation and destroy the foundation, you can easily destroy that structure. It doesn't stand without the foundation. And the foundation of biblical belief is definitely under attack. Not that this attack is new. We all know this is not new. It's been under attack since the beginning. But I want to get to one of these attacks. Let's do that. In the book of Genesis, chapter 1, I'm going to read verse 1 down to verse 8. Simple truth, nothing deep. I don't think this is going to be long today. The Bible says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Pay attention to that. The evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament, and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, listen to this statement, and the evening and the morning were the second day. This is very important. Right after I got saved, one of the first things I realized is I had a, I had a conflict and I had a struggle because my whole life I had been taught the idea of evolution as absolute truth. Millions of years, thousands of years, explosion, Big Bang, everything coming from this. I'm no scientist. Who am I to argue with this, right? But I believe the Bible. So I'm looking at the Bible and I'm like, well, yo, the Bible doesn't really say that. And, and, I, and I believe this Bible. 
And, and thus far, everything I've seen in this Bible has been true. And even history has borne out the truth of the Bible. So what's the haps? One of the things that comes along is you have the camp that is of the mind state. And they, they argue from these scriptures. Well, you know, a day is as, you know, a thousand years to the Lord. And they kind of pull some verses loosely and say some different things. And I, I got confused and I was like, well, yeah, you know, the Bible does say that. So I don't know, you know, what's, I don't know what's going on. I started to get confused, right? So then you begin to think, can I even trust my Bible? This is exactly what the devil wants. In this very book, in the book of Genesis, what did the devil say to Eve? Yea, hath God said? Come on. Easy attack. This is the foundation. What's in this book is the foundation of what we as believers believe. So if the devil can attack the foundation, the very groundwork which started it all, creation, and dismantle your belief and your trust in this book, then he got you. So, what was my conclusion when I heard all of these arguments? Well, as I begin to actually study my Bible and actually read what it says, in verse, uh, let me see, verse 5, God is so perfect to do certain things. In verse 5, it says, And the evening and the morning were the first day. None of us are confused about what an evening and a morning is. And unless you didn't get it, in verse 8, the Bible says, And the evening and the morning were the second day. God doesn't mess up. God doesn't do anything accidentally. It is imperative that we believe what the Bible says and then we stick with that. Right? This, this book is true. It is amazing to me that one of the things that has to be done for all of these governmental ideologies that, that seek to take over, isn't it funny that one of the first things these ideologies attempt to do is tear down the Bible? Why is it that, that all of these ideologies, socialism, communism, Marxism, which is communism and socialism. That's all it is. Why do these ideologies, why do dictators, why is, why is one of the things that is always banned in these dictatorial regimes, these socialist countries, Marxist countries, communist countries, why is the Bible always vilified? I mean, think about it. Bible believers are generally speaking, peaceful people. Now, I'm not talking about people who proclaim to believe the Bible and use the Bible as an excuse, take verses out of context to to do whatever it is they want to do. I'm talking about people who truly believe the Bible. It's a fairly peaceful people, right? We want to preach the gospel. We want people to be saved. There's a coming day of judgment. 
We want as many people to be saved from this from th- from this day and this judgment as possible. We're preaching the gospel, right? The Bible tells us that we are to be subject to law and order in the book of Romans, right? We don't have liberty to to subjugate the government, right? Unless the only thing the Bible doesn't hold me to, I am not going to violate this book in order to obey the government. Right. We, we saw it in a book of in a book of Acts. Where Peter was like, hey, look, you can sit around and judge whether it's right in your sight to, to live by God or live by you. We're going to do what God told us to do. You go ahead and judge amongst yourselves what's going on. We'll continue to live by God's word. Right. So we're going to live according to this word. But for the most part, Christians are peaceful. Why do all of these regime regimes Forms of government, dictators, why do they always want to get rid of the Bible? You should think about that. Could it be because the Bible calls for morality? Think about in the, in, in the Gospels, right? Herod threw John the Baptist in jail. Why did he throw John the Baptist in jail? Did John the Baptist call for his overthrow? No. Did John the Baptist threaten him? No. John the Baptist confronted him with the truth from God. Hey, buddy, what you're doing is not right before God. Think about that. (laughs) John didn't call for his overthrow. John didn't call for a violent revolt. None of that. Only thing he did was he told Herod, hey, man, what you're doing is wrong. Scripturally is wrong. Herod had him jailed. And he was later beheaded. All he did was, thus saith the Lord. I want you to think about that. Not a violent revolution, not calling for a violent revolution. But you see what I've what I've found just in looking over history. Here's the problem these violent revolutionaries have with Christians. Most times Christian Christians call for reason and logic. Right. We hold to the Bible. We're not afraid to debate our ideas in front of crowds. We're not afraid to hear opposing ideas. We rest on the truth of the Bible. We're willing to talk to anyone, willing to hear you out, and we'll share what the Bible says. But most of these regimes, and this is really astonishing, are afraid of people who are calling for men to repent and turn toward the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what all of these regimes are afraid of. Think about that. In one of my videos, I'm trying to remember the title of it. I can't remember the title. Oh, I think it was called The Plot. I I talked about the true conspiracy and the true conspiracy is the fact that the devil's behind a lot of what we see, mostly all of what we see. 
that's going wrong. But you can't throw all of it on a devil. Men of their own volition, of their own free will, at odds with God, do what they want to do. But think about the fact that Christians, people who believe this Bible, are calling for men to repent, turn from their sin, and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the message. I'm not telling you I want to force you to do anything. I don't have the liberty to do that. I'm not even saying overthrow the government. I don't have the, the authority biblically to do that. I am to obey the laws of the land until and unless the laws of the land run contrary to this Bible. So what is it? You know what it is? All of these other forms of government, all these dictatorial regimes, communists, socialists, Marxists, they want total control. And as long as you have people who believe this book, you can't have total control. Because when you veer from what this book teaches, we're not going to get violent. We're just going to say, hey, man, the book teaches this. You're teaching something contrary. Whether it's right in your sight to, to, to believe and trust God or you, you can judge amongst yourselves, but we can trust God. A peaceful people. That should give you pause to think. What is it about this book? What is it about these people that these regimes have so much problem with? Now, I'm not just saying this because I'm a Christian. I mean, this is this is the truth. This is borne out in society and you can see it. Why is it that amongst all religions, amongst all ideas, Christianity is attacked? Like <laughs> relentlessly. Now, it, it doesn't bother me necessarily that it's attacked relentlessly. I don't I don't mind d debating the, the the merits of Christianity, the validity of the Bible. I don't mind debating that with anyone. But isn't it amazing that Christianity is attacked so vehemently? Other religions are for the most part left alone, but Christianity, uh-uh. We can't let that fly. We got to attack those people. Ask yourself, why is that? I don't think that's something that most people think about. But when you think about that, it has to it has to bring to mind the fact that maybe these people have the truth and maybe they stand in the way of total control of evil and wicked people. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 30, and verse 5, this is actually what, what bore this thought out today, going back to the book of Genesis. The Bible says, every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. I trust this book. 
it didn't matter. So today I, I personally use the King James Bible. Um, it was the Bible my mom always had in the house growing up. When I got saved, it was the Bible I was using. And I'm just, I like the language. I like Old English and I, I appreciate the way it's written. So I personally use the King James Bible. I'm not telling you, you have to. But I looked in four or five other translations in the book of Genesis and they all pretty much translate the same exact way and say the same exact thing in Genesis 1, 5 and 8. The evening and the morning were the first day. Verse 8. The evening and the morning were the second day. Again, I'll reiterate what I said before. We who believe the Bible need to stop allowing the world to hijack the conversation. You need to know what you believe. You need to hold to what you believe. Because if you can't hold to it now, when it's relatively safe, when the heat is turned up, you're going to fold. So you better get to it. Don't fall by the wayside. Don't let the conversation be hijacked. And don't fall victim to allowing somebody else who doesn't even study nor believe the Bible determine the terms of the discussion. Stay frosty, people.